All right, and as she said, you'll hear a little bit more about that from Jamie at the end of the service. But this is, um, and nobody really said it right, this is Do Something Sunday. No G at the end, Do Something Sunday. <laughs> now, when we, when we first came up with the idea, we were just talking, and we were like, let's, let's have a Do Something Sunday, just kind of joking. And it was like, that kind of sticks. Let's just, but let's, let's spell it right, Do Something Sunday. And so this is a Sunday we're just celebrating the opportunities that God has given us to do things here in the church um, and, and this isn't just this Sunday, but it's going to be ongoing. I said Jamie was going to come up and talk about it at the end. She said that, and now here I am talking about it. Let me not do that. Hey, well, welcome and good morning again. Uh, my name is Wesley, and I'm one of the pastors here at Tri-Cities Church, and we're glad uh, that you're here. And uh, I noticed another thing that happened this morning. I don't, I don't, uh, Paul said um, and during his closing prayer, he said, uh, he said um, uh, help us to, to turn off Facebook and turn off Twitter. Well, um, I don't think he knew I had this plan, but I'm going to encourage you to turn on Facebook and, and turn on Twitter. Um, you know, social media has taken over the world, right? People have Facebook. People have Twitter. Um, people are, have the opportunity to share messages with people that they would never know. Somebody was joking a couple of weeks ago, you know, when, when, especially when people have new children, babies. I mean, they're posting pictures like crazy and, and, and hundreds of people. And then sometimes they get reshared and sometimes thousands of people are, are seeing these children. And somebody just joked about the time before social media, like if we could do that, that would be like gathering a huge auditorium of thousands of people and just saying, hey, look at my baby or hey, look at the fun we had this weekend or look at it. You know, it's kind of like that because we're sharing our lives with thousands of people. Um, but the truth is what we post on Facebook is shared with people, and there's people that benefit from it. There's people that are encouraged by it. And so y'all have seen these hashtags maybe on Facebook and Twitter where you can write something and hashtag it. This morning we're beginning a new series. We're calling it Wisdom, right? And so go on Facebook, go on, go on Twitter. Even during the service while I'm speaking, if you hear something and it's like, yeah, that was good, that, that resonated with me, or, or I have a friend that needs to hear this, go on Facebook and, and just update your status or, or tweet it and hashtag it Wisdom. And we're going to do that all throughout this service, and actually it's not just for this, this particular sermon series that we'll be in for four weeks, um, but any series that we're in, any time, um, you are free to have your phone on and to hashtag. For those who don't know what hashtags are, you see that, that hashtag, that's just what you put, and it just tracks uh, statuses that you update on Facebook and Twitter. Now, if you're not a Facebook and Twitter person, that's okay, right? Um, you should have gotten a, a little handout when you came in where you can write notes. Feel free to write something down if you have a friend that needs to hear something or it's something you need to remember yourself. Feel free to write it down, right? And you might want to hashtag it wisdom on your paper, right? The hashtag is that little number symbol. You might want to do that on your paper just so you'll remember it. Because the reality is we come here every week. We hear someone speak. And sometimes it's like, yeah, that, that resonated with me. Um, but then we walk out this door, we go to lunch, and we forget it, right? But there's one good way to remember it, and that's to uh, spend time during the week engaging in it. And this week, I said we're beginning a new series called uh, Wisdom. And one of the reasons you might want to record some of the stuff is because we're going to be in the book of Proverbs that was written by a guy named Solomon. Now, Solomon was one of the wisest people to ever live, right? And so he wrote a lot of stuff down. And Proverbs is a very unique book. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting. It's different from all the other books in the Old Testament, or New, oh yeah, Old Testament and in the New Testament as well, the whole Bible, um, because it has these short sayings, these short sayings that are very applicable to our lives. Some of them are, some of them aren't. There's some you might read and you might say, what was Solomon thinking? <laughs> or what was he drinking, you might be even thinking. Um, but, uh, but some of them, you're like, wow, I can't believe that was written, you know, thousands of years ago, and it's so relevant to my life now. 
And so I want to encourage you to spend some time this week and throughout this series reading the book of uh, Proverbs because it is a, a beneficial book. It has wise words for people who sometimes make dumb decisions, right? Wise words for people who sometimes make dumb decisions. I like, I, I, we got to throw that sometimes in there because the reality is we all sometimes make dumb decisions. Hopefully not all the time, but sometimes we do that, right? Sometimes we're guilty of that. And so I just want to challenge, maybe, maybe, this is, maybe this is how we could do it. Just as we begin this series, because the reality is the first step to recovery is what? Admitting that you have a problem, right? All right, so let's, let's on, on one, two, three, say, say, um, say, say my name is, and say your name, and then say sometimes, make sure you put that sometimes in there because the person next to you is going to think less of you. Um, I sometimes make dumb decisions. All right, one, oh, hold on. All right, so I'm, we're going to say my name is, I sometimes make dumb decisions. All right, one, two, three. My name is Wesley. I sometimes make dumb decisions. All right, all right, so that's the first step to recovery uh, for us all. Well, let's pray before we, before we get into this series, and I got a short video clip I want you to watch. God, we give you thanks this morning that you've given us this time and space to come here together and to read uh, Proverbs, to study uh, the scriptures, and to gain understanding from them. God, as we begin this series, please help us to be honest with ourselves and realize that sometimes we make dumb decisions. But God, there's a way forward. There's a God that loves us in spite of how dumb our past decisions have been, even in spite of how dumb our future decisions will be. And so, God, please remind us of that, but help us to draw near to your wisdom as we go through this series. It's in your son, Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen. That's one of my favorite movies. Some of y'all are familiar with that's Coming to America, right? And you know the story. That's uh, the, the Imani, I think it's her name, that Prince Akeem was engaged to be married to. Or at least it was an arranged engagement, right? And from the time she was born, her parents had groomed her and raised her to be Prince Akeem's husband, right? And this is the time when they get to meet and they're ready to get married. And he meets her for the first time, realizing that this was an arranged marriage. And he didn't have a clue who this lady was. 
and he didn't know anything about her, and he wanted to get to know her, right? Because that's how marriage is. You want to get to know a person. But she had been trained to mindlessly obey whatever he said do. So no matter what he said to do, there she was doing it. She didn't have a, a mind of her, of her own. Now, you know, some of us um, view our relationship with God the same way, right? But the reality is every day we're making decisions, um, and there's numerous factors that go into our decisions that we make, right? In fact, in a matter of seconds, our brains will calculate numerous different decisions. We'll think about a number of different things, different factors. We'll calculate all these different flat factors that have influence in our life in a matter of seconds, thousands of them without even realizing it. In fact, sometimes we're not even sure what's going on in our brain. It's almost like it's an impulse, like our brain is making decisions before we even need, before we even know it. And we're just trying to catch up with the decisions that our brain is making. It's ruling some things out. It's ruling some things in. It's standing in, in uh, confusion on some things, right? Um, but before we know it, we've decided on something. Kind of these pros and con lists are almost always going on in our head as these numerous factors are being weighed and we're forced every day to make a decision. We make thousands of decisions every day. Now imagine if we, had, if we took the time to slow down before every decision that we made, right? And just really you know, calculate it, write down pros and cons and keep a record of, of how we're feeling about every decision we had to make. That would be impossible. And so the brain just kind of does that work for us as we take all these different factors that are influential in our lives and we're forced to make decisions. Now, the reality is in our lives, the scriptures are teaching us that God is more important, that God has more weight, that God's word has more weight than other things, right? And so you hear about these kind of pros and cons lists and people making these lists of what's, what's uh, a pro, what's good, what's bad about making a decision. And we typically weigh things equally. But the scriptures are challenging us time and time again to factor God into the decisions that we make. You see, the reality is our decisions are swayed by the thing that's most influential in our lives. There's a question, what's most influential to me? Now, we don't always think about it that way, and we don't always calculate it in those terms. But always there's something in our life, something in our surrounding, our environment that's influential to us. And that typically ends up swaying our decisions. And so our decisions are swayed by the factors that are most influential. Now, when we begin talking about God challenging us to live a certain way, we have to begin thinking of God as one who has total sway in our lives. Now, in that video you saw, the Amani and Prince Sakim, now she was trained to mindlessly just obey and do whatever God wants us to, or whatever Prince Sakim, which was God for her, wanted her to do. But God isn't calling us to just mindlessly be obedient to him. Just mindlessly obey him. Now, some of us were raised in churches or backgrounds when that was the case. It was almost like, you know, how your parents might do from time to time when you're growing up and you ask them, why should I do something or why? And the answer is what? Because I said so, right? Some of us have this view of God. It says, because I said so, God, right? God is always looking down and you say, well, I'm reading in the Bible and it says, do this. Why should I do that? And our view of God is that God is just saying, because I said so, right? Some of us were raised in that kind of setting. 
And there's times when the scriptures are calling us to reform, to change our view and our understanding of God that we were raised with. Because God's not a because I said so God. In fact, this lady, uh, Imani, was, was raised to believe that she was to obey Prince Akeem just because he said so and because he was in power. And no matter how ridiculous it was that she was, that she was told to do by him, that that's what she was going to do. So she ends up hopping on one leg, barking like a dog, doing this foolish stuff, uh, being foolish because she's mindlessly obeying Prince Akeem. God doesn't command us. Um, because he's interested in controlling us, right? God commands us because he loves us. And I think that's a main, a major step that we have to take in our understanding of God. And that's that God doesn't command us because he wants to control us. God doesn't just want power in our life. God doesn't want us to be his robots. God doesn't want us to just do what he said. God doesn't somehow get pleasure from us just mindlessly obeying and doing what he says, no matter how foolish it makes us seem. God commands us not to control us, but God commands us because he loves us. In fact, look in Proverbs. If we go to Proverbs chapter 2, in Proverbs chapter 2, we see that God's command, God's wisdom, wisdom from God saves us. Not saves us like eternally, not, not like we follow God's wisdom, right, and we're going to heaven. Not that kind of salvation, but it saves us from, situ- from situations that will get us in, in, a, in a lot of uh, deep water and trouble. Uh, look, look at Proverbs chapter 2. It says, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth. Uh, For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He's a shield to those who are blameless, for he guards the course of 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 just of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones then you will understand what is right and just and fair every good path for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to you to your soul discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you right you hear those words that are used there success a shield a guard protector right? God will guard you. God will protect you. His way will lead you in a way that is good and pure and right and safe. And so God doesn't command us because he's interested in controlling us. God commands us because he loves us. I like the way it talks about the fear of the Lord in Proverbs from time and time over and over again. Actually, right at the beginning in chapter one, it talks about the fear of the Lord. Right? And a lot of times this is hard for us to understand because fear is a bad thing, right? And God isn't this God that we should fear. And in fact, in the biblical world, there was this, this concept of God as one of other gods, as gods who were to be feared, right? Um, you have these writings from biblical times about these different gods that people worship. And the gods had tempers, right? The gods had anger, um, and they would just strike people out of their anger. Or the gods would get jealous of people, and they would just take them out because they were jealous. But the Bible begins talking about this fear of God, which isn't fear in that sense, this fear that if I make a mistake, God's going to squash me, right? But it's this reverence for God. It's this humbling respect, this humbling recognition of how great God is. 
And so when we read in the scriptures time and time again, it says, fear the Lord. And that's to realize how how big God is, how great God is, how wise God is, even how powerful God is, how loving God is, and realize how small we are in light of that. And so this fear of the Lord is simply saying, God is great and I am small and I'm going to turn myself to him because he's different than these other gods that were written about. He's a God to be feared, right? To be looked up to, to be humbled in front of. But at the same time, he's a God who loves us. And when those two come together, we're talking about this powerful scenario where when we fear God and turn our eyes, our hearts, incline our hearts, right? As the Bible would say, incline our hearts, turn our minds to God and follow him. We're not just following anyone, We're not just following someone that might lead us astray, but we're following one who is great and knows the way forward better than we do. And he's commanding us not because he wants to control us, but because he loves us. You see, in Proverbs, it's constantly calling us. And um, as I was talking with our our worship team this week, I I was just telling them, I just got sidetracked right there, but it's okay. As I was talking with our worship team uh, this week, and I was telling them this message, kind of the, the theme for it was walk. It's talking about the way we walk, because from time to time in Proverbs, it uses the word walk. It talks about the way that you walk the, or, or walk with the Lord. And it's talking about the way that we live our lives, right? And so, and it's teaching us primarily how we walk wisely, and as I began to, to Google, and if you're familiar with um, not just Google, but Bible Gateway, it's an online website where you can look up scriptures um, and you can look up the Bible in, in uh, over a hundred different versions and, and languages, right, of the Bible. You can look them up at BibleGateway.com. And so I went there and you could do a keyword search and I did this keyword search and I just typed in walk there in the in Bible Gateway and it pulled up in Proverbs all the times the word walk is in Proverbs. And I began reading those verses over and over again. And the one thing that jumped out to me, and although the Bible didn't use this language, but the one thing that stood out to me was that if we're walking wisely, that means we must walk intentionally. If we're going to walk wisely, if we're going to live our life wisely, if our lifestyle is going to be shaped by wisdom, we must be intentional about the things that we do. That means we have to slow down, but it also means that we have to be aware of our impulses, that we have to be aware of our impulses, the things that we do mindlessly, the things that we do without even thinking about them. Now, when my wife and I were preparing to get married, um, we did a premarital counseling, and uh, we had this, this minister that kind of sat us down and began talking to us. And I think there was one thing that kind of stood out to both of us uh, during that time, one, one, one analogy that he used. And that was this analogy of marinade, right? Like when you marinate a steak or some chicken or something that you're getting ready to cook. And he says that all your life, you're in marinade, right? Your surrounding, your environment, that's your marinade. That's what you're soaking in. And that every day you're soaking something in and what you soak in ultimately affects the decisions that you make. And so you make decisions not out of just 
out of, out of thinking about them, calculating them, and doing them, but you make decisions out of, just naturally, out of the marinade that you've been soaking in, the things that you've taken up. Maybe it's the way that your parents would have made a decision, or the way that your friends would have made a decision, or the way that your teachers would have made a decision, or the people that you're around. Whatever was in your surrounding, that affects the decisions that we make. And so impulsively, we make decisions out of our, out of our marinade, right? Out of the things that we've been soaking in. But what the scriptures are teaching us is that if we're ever going to live wisely, if we're ever going to live a wise life, we must be intentional. And that means being aware of our impulses, being aware of our marinade. My wife likes to do this. We'll go to restaurants and we'll sit down and she's eating something and she begins trying to guess the ingredients that are in it. She's like, let's see, there is some uh, paprika, maybe smoked paprika, some a sea salt. I'm like, how do you know it's sea salt? Really? Um, <laughs> sea salt, regular salt, it's all the same. She'll be like, organic sea salt. No. But, um, uh, but she likes being able to identify the things that have gone into that dish. And the reality is that it's helpful for us to identify the things that have shaped us as we were growing up, the things that shaped us as we were children, the things that are shaping us as adults, because that's our marinade, and impulsively we're making decisions out of it. And if we're ever going to live wisely, we've got to be aware of our impulses and live intentionally. We have to make intentional decisions. In Proverbs chapter 16, um, Solomon begins writing about uh, the, the way that our heart just kind of naturally makes plans. In chapter 16, verse 1, look at, what, look at what it says. It says, To humans belong the plans of the heart, but, the Lord comes, but, the, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Notice how it begins, to the humans, to humans belongs the plans of the heart. That is that God doesn't stop us from planning, right? You can make whatever plans you want to do, and God's not going to intervene with the plans that you have for your life. And from humans come the plans of the heart. But then it says, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. Right? And that could go for any different analogy. But sometimes we plan what I'm going to say right, to, to this person. It could be a person that you love. It could be a person that you hate. But you plan what you're going to say to that person. And not always are your plans trustworthy. I know for me, not always are my plans trustworthy. In fact, this is one of my practices that I have. If there's any time I have to have an important discussion with somebody that I just know I might mince my words and mess up and say the wrong thing, right? The night before I have to have that discussion, I'll sit down and I'll pray about it. And I'll say, God, give me the words that I need to say. Please help me to say this in a way that doesn't come off the wrong way, but says it as strongly as it needs to be said, right? Because I want to get my point across and I need to say it strongly. And in fact, I'll write down what I need to say and rethink my wording when I have an important decision to make because the plans that we make, God gives us permission. He gives us privilege to make plans. But from the Lord comes the proper words of the tongue, right? The proper words and what, what, what we should say. And so the Bible's saying, yeah, you've been given permission to plan. Plan all you want, but turn to the Lord in your planning because only the proper way forward is found in the Lord. Look at what it says in verse 2. It says, all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Right? And that's the fact that no matter what decision I make, 
And you can ask my wife, it's the right decision, right? Whatever decision I make, it's the right decision. And, 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 and uh, again, that's just the natural way that humans operate. We operate out of that. All of a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed, motives are weighed by the Lord, right? So we ask the Lord, what way should I live? Which way should I act? And then that last verse says, commit to the Lord your ways, Right? And that doesn't just do whatever you want to do and just say, I'm doing this for the Lord. But it's after you've done these first things, right? You allow God into your planning, right? This, this, you're seeking the Lord for your planning, right? You're not going on the way that might seem pure to you, but you're seeking the Lord's way and what the Lord has that's pure. And you're committing yourself to the Lord. You're committing your way forward to the Lord. If you flip back even just a couple of chapters in Proverbs, in Proverbs chapter 14, Verse 12, listen to what it says. It says, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. Right? There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. You see, the reality is God has given us the ability, the permission to plan our way forward. But if we're going to be intentional, if we're going to be aware of our impulses and move forward in a different kind of way, we have to develop a healthy suspicion of self. A healthy self-suspicion. Because listen to what it says in verse 12 in chapter 14. There's a way that appears to be right, and in the end, it leads to death. And we've been there, right? I felt like I was doing the right thing. I was absolutely sure that this is what I should do. I was positive that this was a good way, a constructive way forward. But the end did not turn out the way that I, I did not see that coming. It just totally sideswiped me, right? Blind spot, came out of my blind spot and got me, right? Because there's a way that seems right, but we have to develop a healthy, a healthy suspicion of ourselves, a healthy self-suspicion. Now, this does not mean constantly doubting yourself, right? Every decision that you make, I'm just, uh, it just can't be. I don't know whether I should continue that sentence or that, did my volume go out? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I should continue that sentence or not, but uh, let, let, let's roll that way. Uh, <laughs> right, this doesn't mean constantly doubt yourself. That's unhealthy, right? That's not a healthy way forward. But it's trust yourself only as I'm trusting the Lord. Right, trust yourself only as I'm trusting the Lord. And that is if I begin and when I find myself walking with the Lord and seeking the Lord on my decisions and acting intentionally and I have this healthy suspicion of self, that I begin to trust the steps forward because my steps forward are ultimately being guided by the way of the Lord, the wisdom that's found in the scripture. I have this awe of God, this reverence of God, and God is now guiding me forward. That my path, my direction of my life is now guided by God. And now I'm finding wisdom from him. And as Proverbs teaches that God is the foundation of wisdom. That our wise ways are only founded in God. And so, yeah, we have to develop this healthy suspicion of self where we're looking at ourselves and we're saying, how am I, how am I making decisions by my own knowledge, right? By my own strength by my own wisdom, and we're saying, God, help me, help me to find my way in you. Help me to live 
and move forward in you. And there's times that it sometimes feels like I'm playing the waiting game, right? God, I need to, I need to know. I need, I need peace, right? Maybe that's the, that's the feeling, right? I need peace with the decisions that I have to make. I need peace with the way forward. I need peace with what I have to do. And so we're seeking, we're seeking God's peace. We're seeking God's guidance. And this can sometimes be a difficult place to be, right? Because as humans, we're trusted, we're, we're raised to trust in ourselves, to depend in ourselves, to have this kind of self-confidence, this self-reliance. Always our lives are pushing us towards independence, right? And that's what you're wanting, especially uh, if you think about when you, if you can remember back when you were uh, a teenager or maybe even preteen and constantly you're grasping for this independence. I want more. I want more. You're kind of hungry for it, right? And you get your driver's license. Now you can go places on your own and then you get a job and you can buy things on your own. And life is always pushing us towards independence. But the scriptures are saying, take a step back. And it's not saying don't be independent. Um, Because independence is good, but develop this healthy dependence upon God, this healthy suspicion of self, not always questioning ourselves, but trusting in God. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, and this is kind of a classic verse uh, for this. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Now, like verse 7, it's not on the slide, I don't think. Um, it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Right? Do not be wise in our own eyes. There's times that we're walking forward and we're wise in our own eyes and everyone can see the, the, the lack of wisdom that's in our steps. But God is calling us to trust him, not to be wise in our own eyes, but to be guided forward in a way that's wisdom, to walk in wisdom. He's calling us to walk in wisdom. The final thing I want you to see, though, is that this requires us to embrace humility. This requires us to embrace humility. If you go to Proverbs, um, I think it's chapter, um, I'm kind of forgetting what chapter, I think chapter 9. In Proverbs chapter 9, let me get there. It says this. It says, wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Now here, wisdom is personified, right? It's given a personality, right? It's, it's spoken of as a woman. I don't, I don't know why God chose a woman to be wisdom. Well, actually, I do know. I, I do know. I do know. I do know. Because my wife is always, well, I tell you. Sometimes she, I don't know what I would do without her. Um, uh, so wisdom, right? <laughs> oh. I'm going to get side, sidetracked. Um, but so this, so this is, so here, here's, here's, the, here's the reality, right? Um, and I'm going to get sidetracked just for a moment. Um, no, I'm not. All right, so I'm not going to do that. All right, so, uh, 
It's too long of a story to tell, right? But listen to what it says. It says, wisdom has built our house. Wisdom invites you to come and learn from her, to come and know from her. But we must humble ourselves because listen to what wisdom it says. It says in verse 4, let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come eat my food and drink wine I have mixed. Right? That all who are simple to those who have no sense, right? Those are not the words that we want anyone to say to us, right? And we don't want to hear from anybody. But wisdom says to those who are simple and those who have no sense, we have to humble ourselves and open ourselves up to the wise way forward. We have to humble ourselves and open ourselves up to wisdom from God. As long as we're prideful. As long as we're unable to hear, as long as we're unwilling to listen, as long as we're rejecting wisdom's invitation, we will never discover the wise way forward. You see, the Bible's teaching us in Proverbs that we walk intentionally, that that's the wise way forward, that we got to be aware of the impulses that are within us and what we will naturally do. And in order for us to do this, we have to have this healthy suspicion of self because we've been in this marinade for way too long and we're making decisions out of that. And that means we have to humble ourselves and say, hey, I make mistakes sometimes, right? There's times when I make dumb decisions, right? Sometimes... And I need help from one who knows more than I do. And the Bible is saying to us, there's a God who loves you in spite of the decisions that you've made. There's a God that wants to help you and guide you in spite of the decisions that you've made. And that God is saying, come and listen and learn and discern the way forward. For some of us, that means changing our view, our understanding, reforming our view of God, right? Maybe we grew up with this dictator view of God, and that needs to change. And I want to challenge you, if that's you, erase that understanding of God. God wants you to come to him, not as a dictator, but as one who loves you and wants the best for you. And to open your mind to learning something different about God and God's commands, because he's not just trying to control you. He's trying to love you. And I think the question anytime and every time we come to scriptures is, will I allow God to love me in the fullness of his love? Will I trust God enough to allow him to love me and follow him forward, even though this doesn't make sense to me? Even though I can't clearly see what all this means and where it's leading. But it says, Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Now, this isn't talking about this mindless kind of irrational faith. In fact, it's very mindful. It's reading the scriptures and it's wrestling with them in light of the situation that I find myself in. And wrestling, even sometimes I find myself, and there's a guy in the Bible as well, wrestling with God, wanting to understand Wrestling with God and trying to see why this, why that. And then you find the people who wrestled with God, and when God won, right, and they find their way forward in God, looking back and saying, ah, I get it now, right? I get it now. I got it. I know why you wanted me to do this or that 
or why this or that was the way forward. So erase that view of God as a dictator God and trust God with the way forward. And then the final thing I want to challenge you with is seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. And you go back to verse 2, Proverbs chapter, chapter 2 that we read at the beginning. In Proverbs chapter 2, listen again to what it says. It says, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commandments within you, turn your ear to wisdom, applying them, applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight, right, if you seek it, if you call out for it and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. So we search for it. Every day we're finding ourselves asking this question, what way would God have me to go? What would God have me to do? We're taking time out to make our decisions intentionally and allowing God to guide our way forward. All right, let's pray. God, we give you thanks this morning that you have um, given us the book of Proverbs, that it's a book that's filled with wise words for people who sometimes make dumb decisions. And God, I know that I struggle with that. And there's times that I look back and I say, man, that was a bad decision. (laughs) If only I could have been at the other side of it looking back. And God, I am quick to trust myself and slow to trust you. God, I believe that's some of our story. God, please help us to trust you a little bit. So that as we trust you, we get to know you. And as we know you, we get to know that you love us. We get to know your love. And that your way forward isn't about your pleasure or your desire for control. But your way forward is simply built on this foundation of love. So God, please continue to guide us as we follow you. It's in your son Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.